Hello and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And I almost forgot how to do the intro. <laughs> it's <fine>. only been <laughs> three, three weeks, not even. Uh, but yes, we're back. Kim is back. I'm back. Finally, I'm back from war. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it legitimately feels that way. <laughs> but yeah, I'm here uh, for now until my next trial. <laughs> Jesus. And we are talking about Mass Effect today. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, thank you to Chase and thank you to everybody who listened to the synchronous episode that Chase was on. It was, it was a great little uh, bonus that we were able to do. But yeah, thank you, Chase, for filling in for me. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize uh, profusely for not having a bullshit or an ending quote. I feel like I really let us down. That's okay. It's <laughs> it made me feel um, essential. And so you are essential. <laughs> I, you know, I, I like knowing that there are certain certain shoes that no one can fill but me. It's true. It's mm. true. Um, but we're happy to have you back. We're happy to be back talking about Mass Effect. We're talking about the tuchanka bomb mission and mm-hmm. priority tuchanka mm-hmm. um today and i'm very i am really excited to talk about both of these missions actually i've been waiting for this for so long yeah um but before we do that mm-hmm. the long-awaited return kim yes. of your bullshit yeah um so today we are doing a bullshit that was requested by our good friend scout hi scout hi scout thank you so much Um, She suggested this during our big uh, stream of Mm -hmm. the opening of Mass Effect 3 when I was in Philly. Um, Mm -hmm. It is the Mass Effect squad mates and I'm doing other characters as well (sighs) as characters from Parks and Recreation. Perfection. I want to start out by apologizing to anyone who's not familiar with Parks and Rec, Uh, but I'm going to try and bring you along on this journey with us. So mm -hmm. Parks and Rec is a sitcom about um, the local Parks and Recreation Department in the fictional town of Pawnee, Indiana, um, very like middle America. And it's it's like a workplace comedy, essentially. Um, The Office or I don't know, other shows that have done it. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to start us off. The lead character is Leslie Nope. She's the deputy director of the Parks Department. Um, and she's sort of like ambitious and hardworking and like a little too enthusiastic. <laughs> now, I this is going to be controversial because my my initial instinct is I think everyone's instinct would be would be that Shepard is Leslie sure. and then everything follows from that. And I, sure. I'm here to tell you it doesn't it can't it doesn't work. No, it definitely doesn't. It doesn't work. Shepard has to be the viewer. Oh, okay. because, yeah. because otherwise there is no role for certain <laughs> other characters. And we can get into that in a moment. Okay. Um, but because of that, Leslie is Liara. Leslie is Liara. See, that was my first jump. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Liara does have enthusiasm. I was going to say, I don't know if Liara is enthusiastic enough. Part of me was thinking maybe Tali. I think Mass Effect 1 Liara has the enthusiasm yes, and the like, exactly. sort of like w- whatever that energy is. Yeah. The, the, like, like go getter. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going into the mines alone to learn about mm-hmm. the Protheans and I'm going to get stuck in the blue. Yeah. Right. Um, and I suppose uh, so season one, Leslie is super different from like how she develops. Um, mm. The first season of this show is like widely regarded as being bad. And I think it's. 
Really? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Most I, I I feel like season one is like it's like, well, you just got to get through season one. I feel I mean, I only watched the th- I watched through it. I watched through season one only once. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. So and I how guess, many times I, have you seen season three, AJ? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I watched it through chronologically once and then I just watched a, a whole bunch of random episodes just mm. as I'm like, oh, let's watch this one. But I, I, I still like the pit jokes. I like all the pit jokes. The pit is good. The pit is yeah. good. But but season one, Leslie is like a little bit underbaked. And so season one, Leslie, to me, yeah. is Mass Effect one, Liara. Yeah, and then when Leslie comes into her own it's kind of like when Liara comes into mm-hmm. her own. Definitely. Okay, so the reason why Liara has to be Leslie, and I apologize for Ringo chewing bone sounds in the background, <clears throat> is so that Tali can be Ann Perkins. Okay. Because otherwise, there is, I think, no apt role for Tali sure. in the Parks and Rec pantheon. Man, that's a thinker. I think... I, I it's it's interesting because I think you're right vibe wise, but I think it's interesting thinking about it in the context of of Parks and Rec because Anne for a little bit is kind of the foil to Leslie in a way, mm-hmm. in a lesser way than Ron is. I think Ron is like mm-hmm. the obvious complete polar opposite, but I think Anne is kind of that like sidekick foil, and I feel like they don't interact that much in mass effect uh, tally and, and liara don't interact that much in mass True. effect but i do feel like their interests and their vibes are very the vibes yeah Anne and leslie yeah yeah for for those unfamiliar Anne is like leslie's best friend who is mm-hmm. like a nurse and she's like a little more like level-headed mm-hmm. some might say that she's kind of a boring character and some of them might be me but <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't think that tali is boring but i just there was no other good fit for her the only yeah. other one that i could think of and we can jump there now sure was maybe donna um, yeah Donna Meagle, who I'm trying to like give little descriptions of the characters so folks mm-hmm. who aren't familiar can um can keep up. Donna's another employee in the Parks and Rec department. Um, she's described by NBC as the Parks Diva. Um, she enjoys sure. partying. Uh, she like has like a lot of like boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and she the reason the only thing that I could tether to Tolly potentially was the fact that she has a Mercedes that she's very proud of and tolly likes ships but <laughs> in fact i think that donna meagle is joker whoa because of the car thing but also like the wisecracks the wisecracks for sure and i feel like joker doesn't have the manic energy that like tom does right wow Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see it. I do see it. Yeah. So that's why all of that together is why I was like, I can't, I, I like, I can't make Shepard Leslie because then that means Liara is Anne. Right. And then where does Tali go? And so that's yeah. how we, we ended up where we are. This was much harder than I thought it was going to be, but it's a, it's a fun challenge. Yeah. Scout giving us a real thinker for the first real uh, head scratcher. Yeah. Ron Swanson. Uh-huh. is rex yeah 100 percent. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 10 out of 10 that's it easy um yeah. ron is the head of the parks department he's like sort of a a 
lovable curmudgeon. Um, he has like a soft spot underneath, but on the surface is um, he like he he does not want to talk to anybody and he does not want to do anything. He hates the government. He is a libertarian. And so he wants his department to be inefficient. And so, um, like AJ said, a real foil to to Leslie Nope, who mm-hmm. takes her job very seriously. Mm-hmm. Also loves woodworking. I feel like Rex could could be a woodworker. Rex would love wood. I hope that <laughs> Rex does some woodworking on the side, like as yeah. a hobby. I hope he has time for hobbies. <laughs> Next up, we have Ben Wyatt. So Ben is introduced in season three as like mm. an accountant who comes to to help fix Pawnee's budget. Mm. Um, and he he seems like a hard ass at first. He's like sort of intimidating because he's like the sort of like the bad cop who's like, you got to fix your fucking budget or whatever. Um <laughs> But on the inside, he's like just kind of a big nerd. Mm-hmm. And so that's Garrus. Garrus. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you Garrus. I was thinking either Garrus or Grunt for some reason. Oh, I I have a place for Grunt. I'm sure Grunt, you do. I'm Grunt just, is I'm... Andy Dwyer. <laughs> okay. All right. The, he's my son. Lovable dummy. Lovable dummy. <laughs> um, Andy Dwyer is the... Uh, it's a me, a Mario. Character, for those mm-hmm. who don't know, who is... He's explaining how he ends up on the show is like getting way too much into the plot of season one. But um, just know he ends up working as a shoe shiner at City Hall. um, Mm -hmm. And he is like a big himbo energy on on Andy. Um, Sort of a golden retriever man. Sort of a golden retriever man. And I would say I I don't think Grunt is an exact one to one for Andy. But I do. Nobody's a one to one. here. No one's a one to one. That's the thing. We're going off vibes. We're going off. Yeah. We're we're going off that kind of stuff. And I, I do think Grunt does fit those vibes of like his head is just so full of stuff, but he doesn't really mm-hmm. like know anything, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Childlike wonder. Um, Childlike wonder. Yeah. A hundred percent. Next up, we have April Ludgate played by Aubrey Plaza, who is mm-hmm. the um, sort of like sarcastic intern at the parks department, um, mm-hmm. sort of a disaffected youth. Mm-hmm. It's Jack. <laughs> Jack. Oh my God. I forgot yeah. about Jack. I thought you, you, who did you think I was going to say? Cause I could see I that. thought it was going to be Javik. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. I, I bumped Javik around a few different places and, yeah. um, hold on. I didn't forget to finally place Javik. Did I? <gasps> Fuck, I might have. That's okay. <laughs> We'll find, we'll find some place for it. Yeah, somewhere. I was thinking about maybe Ron Swanson for Javik. Mm. If we can't find a spot for Javik, I do think he's like a, a Ron Swanson uh, like runner up mm-hmm. um, because he doesn't have the curmudgeon energy that Rex brings, but he does have the like um, disaffected like mm-hmm. I love to shoot guns and be on my own. That's energy, true. Uh, yeah, that Ron has, but it's not like a fun energy <laughs> that, Re- that Rex brings. Uh, yeah. So I think if we if we if we can't find a spot for Javik down the line, then I think he's just kind of Ron Swanson uh, backup. Because mm-hmm. and, and I think that works for Javik because he is essential DLC. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he's DLC for the game, but he does need <laughs> to be there for yeah. a lot of story stuff too. So it makes uh, sense that he's hit. an understudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understudy. Thank you. I can send runner up. Um, next up, we have Chris Traeger. This one was very much. I, I mean, the, this is going to be controversial, I think, but I had okay. my reasons. I put Thane here. 
Now, Chris Traeger is he he also helps with the the like budget issue. Um, he is the good cop to Ben Wyatt's mm. bad cop. And then eventually he becomes like what is it, like interim mayor or something. Um, yeah, it gets weird. <laughs> he's like a health nut. He's kind of a control freak, um, but like aggressively positive. So like, yeah. why is this thing? I think it's because, A, I assume that Thane has a lot of um, like I would not be surprised if he has some health nut tendencies. Thane's into supplements. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and and I think just like the the sort of like religious kind of like spirit to me sort of echoes Chris Traeger's like sort of relentless positivity. Yeah. It's a, it's a similar fervor. Right. They both have a, yeah. have, a have a really, really intense thing. And mm-hmm. things is like religiosity and being connected to everything. And Chris's is just like biking a lot. Yeah. And I think also just the like authoritative kind of vibe on both of them. Definitely. Um, definitely. Is is why I put him here. Yeah. I, I, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense, but it also. No, it totally to does. Because I think I think also Chris is like if if any part of his routine gets messed up, he gets horrifically sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Thane, like, if he goes somewhere a little too wet, it gets really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that was also part of it. One <laughs> of the best episodes really of this episode. show is uh, the flu episode. Everybody gets the flu, including Chris, um, <laughs> who's like, I haven't been sick in like years or whatever. Um, and there's like a montage of him um, in the hospital with the flu and it includes him looking at himself in the mirror saying, stop pooping. And I think about that all the time. I think we put that clip in the in the show before, but I will put it in again. <laughs> it's, it's really Why? good. Uh, I don't remember. I do not remember. But. I've, I, I love that that's come up before. Um, <laughs> delicious. Uh, next up, we have Jerry Gergich. Jerry. Um, Jerry is uh, he is like the office scapegoat, just like everybody blames him for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he's like constantly like making blunders, like dropping things, (laughs) getting stains on his shirt. Like he he's like, you know, like the buffoon. But Jerry has like a really like nice home life. It's like actually he like even though he's like the unluckiest guy in the world at the office at home, he has like a beautiful wife and beautiful daughter and like a very happy life mm-hmm. but i was like who takes l's like jerry and the only person i could think of was Zaid. wow <laughs> oh man i mean who else i think zaid fills that role really well mm-hmm. in a really weird way right but yeah for sure and it is it is funny to think of like Zaid after he leaves the Normandy, like going back to just his like perfectly suburban mm-hmm. like home life. <laughs> He's just got like a few kids that, that really love him and like a, a, a loving partner. And, you know, it's yeah, really okay. that's I, I like that. I, I don't, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I meant to say this one earlier, but our Tom Haverford, oh. Tom Haverford played by Aziz Ansari. He's like. He does like marketing for the parks department or like mm. their like public communications or something. Um, but he's he like really wants to be an entrepreneur. He's always coming yeah. up with like very stupid business ideas. I don't know why, but Morton, 
it is the, it's the, it's the, the manic energy yes the manic energy and the like flair for the dramatic yeah yeah no a hundred percent a hundred percent uh morden would would drop everything if somebody said hey we're doing a pirates of penzance do you want to come like we need somebody to fill in he'd be like yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i do think it's also funny that uh donna and tom are like best friends in the show and i do think it's really funny to think about joker and morden hanging out <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah see that's where this starts to break down is like in the relationships sure. like none of it makes sense no no i um, like it it's good <laughs> um next up we have john ralphio saperstein who is um tom's best friend played by ben schwartz um Great similarly guy. just an absolute dummy um oh. Like, uh, again, with the the like a business ideas, although he's like kind of like riding off of Tom's coattails most of the time. Yeah. James. James. The party energy is really. OK. Interesting. Interesting. I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the thing is, it's John, John Ralphio specifically is like such a specific mm-hmm. character with like. He's in the show enough that you get it, but he's in the show a little enough that he can do the same bit the whole time he's mm-hmm. there. Um, and That's I, a really great way of putting and it. And I do kind of feel like James does kind of actually fit that vibe now that I say <laughs> that out loud, because his thing is just like, I do pull-ups, I am strong. Yeah. And then I will just like throw in a loco here and there just mm-hmm. just for the bit. So yeah, no, I'm, I, I've talked myself on board. I, I think that's totally great. Right. Okay. <laughs> I also think Morden and James hanging out, also hilarious. <laughs> Um, his sister, Mona Lisa Saperstein. Oh my god. The best I could do is Kasumi because Mona Lisa canonically steals things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a real I, I do think that that's that is really good. I and mean, we we never ever see them interact, but I think uh, uh James mm-hmm. and, and Kasumi, but I do think that's like a really good pairing. They kind of they, they they do have sibling energy for sure. They do, yeah. Uh for those who don't know, Mona Lisa Saperstein played by uh jenny slate okay so this is where i started having to get into kind of the really secondary to tertiary characters sure okay so remember when billy eichner was on the show yes playing craig middlebrook oh, of course yes um and like a highly competent maybe a little bit too enthusiastic about his job yes. um member of the parks department yeah uh edie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Just because 100%. of the competence. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, and and the fact that Craig is always like there. Uh, mm-hmm. The way he delivers information is by screaming. But Edie is yes. just Edie is the Normandy, so she is just around all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, do you? Uh, here's another. Remember when? Do you remember uh, in season one where w- there was a whole character named Mark Brandanowitz? Mark. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember Mark. Yeah. Um, it was like he was like a core member of the of the cast so um, and like a love interest first for Leslie and then for Anne. Mm-hmm. And um and it, and he leaves after season one. I think something to do with like this actor, like didn't want to be on the show anymore. Yeah. But he was like such a nothing boring character. Like he his was thing, a dude. Yeah. His thing was supposed to be that he was just like the hottest guy who worked at city hall like that was it um and then he leaves it's jacob yeah a a thousand million percent he is just yeah a guy he's like good at his job but he is a nothing burger of a person Mm -hmm. marsha langman 
the conservative activist who appears in a number of episodes of the show. Marshall. <laughs> okay, we've this, reached you, the first you, you character that AJ you has to look me. up. Marcus <laughs> Langman? Mar- Marsha Langman. Marshall. Marsha. Marsha Langman. Langman. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Okay. 100%. Yeah. The Society for Family Stability Foundation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, the first the first episode she shows up in. Um, there are two male penguins at the um, at the zoo who are mates. And Leslie has a, a wedding for them. And she protests the gay penguin wedding. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where this is going. It's Ashley. <laughs> it's Ashley 100%. <laughs> all the way down. That's Ashley. Okay. Um, I should go to jail for this one. But. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Caden is little Sebastian. Oh my because god. Because he died too soon and he's 10,000 candles in the wind. He died too soon. Spoilers, Kim. <laughs> oh my god. I will explain that little Sebastian is a miniature horse that yes. everyone in Pawnee loves. He's like a local celebrity. Yeah. Um, and who is it? Ben doesn't get it. Is that who it is? Ben doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's like, fuck you, Ben. Uh, 100% Caden is just the tiny horse that everybody loves. Yeah. yeah. Alternatively, um, if you for anyone who f- feels that that's disrespectful, to little Sebastian's <clears throat> memory, he could be Leslie's boring boyfriend, Justin, from season two. Whoa. The wow. one who's like he's like he's a lawyer and he's like perfect on paper and whatever, mm-hmm. but he kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, don't think I, that's I yeah, I don't think so either. Anyway, <laughs> the next one, I <laughs> I'm so proud of this. This is to me the closest we have to a one to one. Okay, Ron Swanson famously has two ex wives. Yes, both named Tammy. Yes, there's Tammy too, mm-hmm. who is a um like a maniac, sex crazed um. Like anytime she and Ron get together, they both just like go insane. Mm-hmm. And that's Morinth. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Played by Megan Mullally, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Nick Offerman's real life wife. Yeah. yeah. It's delightful. Wow. Anytime they're on screen together. Yeah. That's great. I, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And it is a similar energy because she is trying to suck the energy out of out of Ron. Exactly. Yeah. Tammy one who is uh, she's like. She works for the IRS. She's like very like cold and prim and proper. Yeah. Um, it's Samara. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they are. They are it, literally. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even like the the uh, the not not really an age difference, but there is a slight age difference um, between the two of them. Uh, and I do think that that really works. That really mm-hmm. works. The Tammy's being Samar and Warren is is really really. It's good. really. It's really probably good. the best casting I have done. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, here's another. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Does the name Lindsay Carlisle Shay ring a bell? It does. Let me put a face to a name. Yeah. Um. It's played by Parker Posey. This is uh, Leslie's former best friend who went and worked for the Parks Department at a neighboring wealthier town called Eagleton. Yeah. And so she's like very like (laughs) hoity toity. Sure. Um, It's Miranda. Uh, Yeah. I mean, even the haircut in this, the picture on the wiki is like pretty good. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I... I agree of what's the family that runs the candy, the Newports, the Newports. Yeah. If you can't beat them, sweetums. Yeah. Part of me feels like Miranda's a Newport. She could be. Oh, who is the, um, 
It's the one who was the former beauty queen, Jessica Wicks, the younger uh, trophy wife of yes. the head of this candy company, who's just like an old man. Anyway, <laughs> um, this one I should also go to jail for. Oh, my God. I I had a lot of trouble picking who Legion was going to be and finally settled on DJ Roomba. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Which is, as you may have guessed, just a Roomba that Tom straps uh, an MP3 player to. A speaker to, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> oh, man. I mean, for the bit, yeah. Uh, and it's also kind of impossible. I don't think there's anybody in in the show who's like fighting for the survival of their people and mm-hmm. having uh you know multiple personalities inside or multiple yeah. con- consciences consciences yeah none of that in this uh workplace sitcom it's a, it's a stunt casting is the mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> 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 legion is dj roomba as the stunt casting it's like oh my god there they are exactly um so he, here's just a few more stray ones mm. um Counselor Adina is Jeremy Jam. <laughs> Jeremy Jam. I was waiting for Jam to show up. <laughs> uh, Councilman Jam is uh, when Le- Leslie ends up on uh, on city council eventually. Spoilers. Um, and <laughs> sorry. And she her like main rival on the city council is Jeremy Jam, who is a Jeremy dentist Jam. and all around piece of shit. Yeah. Um, great, great villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot that he was a dentist. That's like a perfect yeah. uh, Udina would be a dentist. In the fiction of the the show, Leslie is obsessed with Joe Biden. Um, and so I decided Joe Biden in the show is Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should okay. have been like Mayor Gunderson or something. That's really, no, I love it. I love that Joe Biden is canonically in the Parks universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Dennis Feinstein, who is, um, he's like a, is he a fashion designer or does he just do a perfume company? Um, he's like very wealthy, very arrogant, very obnoxious, uh, the elusive man. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Feinstein also played by Jason Manzoukas. So I think it's very funny to imagine Jason Manzoukas (laughs) in the, the Tim Lair with the the third one. Uh, I would, I would love to see an edit. Um, and finally, <laughs> next week, I will tell you who Bobby Newport is. Okay. Bobby Whoa. Newport is a character we have yet to meet. Bobby <sighs> Newport is the son of the Newports, um, who is basically... He's played by Paul Rudd. He's yeah. fucking incredible. He's so dumb. Um, he is forced basically by his family to to run for city council. And so he's running against Leslie when she's running for city council um, and like clearly does not want the job. <laughs> like, yeah. um, is is just a, a big dumb idiot. A big dumb. Um, idiot. Oh, wow. I'm so excited to meet somebody new. Yeah. I don't know why I thought we were done meeting new people. Oh, no. <laughs> um, th- this person has been hinted at. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, put a pin in that. Hopefully I'll remember next week. <laughs> I'll put a little, I'll put a little note in my sure. notes. <laughs> Bobby Newport. Uh, Bobby Newport. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, Kim, thank you for that. As always, uh, absolute delight and absolute coming back with a heater, I would say. 
Um, I'm I'm so glad you feel that way. Um, and if anyone disagrees with my picks, please tell me. I like I I delight in this conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me where I should have put Javik. Yes. Where does Javik go? He's got to be a secondary character somewhere, but I just can't decide who. Mm. Um. Anyway. <laughs> So that that was the that was the bullshit. Thank you. I've forgotten totally how to podcast. Um, Same. Let's, <laughs> let's let's move away from Pawnee, Indiana, and let's move to Tuchanka Space mm. um, for the Tuchanka Bomb Mission. Woohoo! A bit of a recap. Uh, this is connected to the Tuchanka, like, rescue my son mission uh, that we get from Primar <laughs> Victus to go uh, retrieve a Turian platoon that went to Tuchanka for, quote, reasons. Reasons. Um, and we are sent to go rescue them. Uh, and we find out that the leader of this platoon is Victus's son. We go there, we rescue them, and he's like, okay, there's a bomb on the planet that the Turians put here a while ago. Or no, sorry, there's a bomb on the planet that Cerberus put here. We need to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, and then it kicks you out, and you have to go back in to continue this mission. So that is where we we are picking up. I will just say, in the last episode, I did talk about how I got that email that was like, the bomb went off, everything's (laughs) terrible. The bomb did not go off. I have all the Krogan war assets. I, I don't know what happened um <laughs> and i'm not gonna question it because yeah it's gift good horse. yeah don't look a gift horse in the mouth um, did you bring on this mission i brought garris and liara and i think um after these this tuchanka or after these tuchanka missions i think i'm gonna start bringing garris or uh what i think i'm gonna start bringing javik uh, mm-hmm. uh and and liara probably still just because it's a lot of biotics that's a lot of biotics. Um, but I do I do feel like like Garrus and Liara for like the Rex mission and for just mm-hmm. like the Turian mission um, and for like the mission with Morden on it. I don't know. It all just feels correct. Right. Yeah. Um, and and we'll we'll see if I if I continue to feel that way, because part of me is just like, well, I feel like I should bring other squad mates on these missions. But like Garrus and Liara feel like my team, you know, you don't want to bring James. You want to hear what he has to say. I don't want to bring. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is like. Mm-hmm. Every time Garrus and Liara chime in on all these missions, I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting. Right. But I also think it maybe is the context of these missions because they were all very Turian based and they were mm-hmm. all very Prothean based, you know. Um, yeah. So. I mean, there's yeah, the different characters are going to have different dialogue. And I think that it is tough to to want to bring someone like james who's mm-hmm. sort of so fish out of water that it's like you know like he he has no emotional connection to like <laughs> like rex or whatever yeah and so it's kind of like well i want to bring someone who's gonna have like things to say what, potentially right. i want like insights yeah it's hard to want to branch out same thing with ed kind of um right i brought garris and javik garris and javik cool yeah. i feel like Edie, yeah, would, Edie would be more interesting yeah because she's gonna have like textbook information whereas mm-hmm. james is gonna be like whoa that's big, big and like place. i'm already doing yeah. I'm, I'm already doing that on my own and i don't need mm-hmm. somebody in the game to say that stuff for me you know right but anyway uh yes yeah, so garris and liara and garris and javik nice so we arrive on tuchanka and shit has already started going bad cerberus is 
is uh here attacking the bomb and i believe it's on the ship as you're landing you get the reveal that like actually this is a turian bomb mm-hmm. uh that we put here after the rachni wars and after the genophage and stuff just in case we needed yeah. to explode a whole planet and so the reason cerberus is here is to dig that bomb up and blow up the planet um mm-hmm. so victus secretly had sent the platoon or i guess maybe the previous primarch and victus now just knows about it i don't know to take care of this deactivate the bomb and pretend like they were never there Mm -hmm. and it has gone badly it's gone pretty Uh, bad yeah garris takes some l's in in connection with this mission yeah because he's he keeps talking about how like he's like yeah that's pretty brutal but it was a good idea it was a good idea stop talking it's really good i i I think it's really good and i i'm curious to see what javik said to to garris being like yeah, you know, it's kind of a lot to, like, leave a bomb after, like, defeating the Krogan. It's kind of kicking them while they're down. But those were desperate times. What was Javik's reply to that? Javik loves the bomb. Of he was course. like, that is, su- that is such a good idea. That's yeah. so smart. Good yeah. job. Like, he he's into it. <laughs> yeah. When I talked to Javik afterwards, he was like, I wouldn't have even just left the bomb. I would have just set it off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have even been sitting there. It would have just blown the planet up. Uh-huh. Um, Liara responds and is like, Garrus, that's fucking monstrous. <laughs> She literally says it's monstrous. Thank you for calling him out. Yeah. Um, And she she says the phrase to go in a flash after all this. It's monstrous. Wow. Uh, So (laughs) tell him, girly. Yeah. uh, Garrus continues taking L's uh, (laughs) later on as well. Talking about this bomb. But uh, we'll get there. So hard on for the bomb. Um, Hard on for the bomb. (laughs) So we arrive and Cerberus is, like I said, already doing some shit. So we do a bunch of shooting and Victus is like, ah, we're here at the we're working our way toward the bomb. And you're like, OK, great. Uh, you do a bunch of shooting and you do some more shooting and stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, too, as you're as you're like fighting your way there cerberus is retreating and you're expecting them to like come back in like greater force but to me that was like is this bomb about to go off because like when someone is retreating away from a bomb that they set yeah i don't know but yeah they do come back but it does make the whole thing feel a little like tense yes it definitely adds tension and i do think it was really interesting the the first like you fight a couple of waves of guys as you're running through and then they start retreating and the way that they try and show you this is you see two guys like run out into like what would be a battlefield and then fly up to a Cerberus ship and leave. Yeah. Um, but I did shoot those guys dead before they got on the ship. Nice. <laughs> I tried to and I missed them. It's just like using throw on just like regular <sighs> dudes is just mm-hmm. so sad. They just go flying. Yeah. The biotics are really fun. Yeah. I think I'm one level away from having the fully leveled up throw and Liara has like almost a fully leveled up singularity uh, and mm-hmm. Garrus has his concussion shot. So we are just like throwing dudes around. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. on the ground for more than 10 <laughs> seconds in a battle against us. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm finally getting the hang of, of Vanguard too nice. and using all those fun biotics. I, I had a really fun time this week. Nice. Um, I also, I forgot to call out the cut scene in the shuttle ends with the shuttle doors opening as we're landing so the shuttle doors open Mm -hmm. you're like still in the process of landing there is like this battlefield in front of you with like explosions going off Mm -hmm. everywhere and then it transitions smoothly into you controlling the character as the the thing finally lands 
it's so well done i like lost my mind about it (laughs) um and that whole like opening battle too is something about it was I, I was like on that shit this week. I was having such a good time. Like the characters, every time you like kill a wave of enemies, your squad mates are like, push forward, move forward. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it, I don't know. It was like weirdly like immersive um, and, and really fun. Yeah. It felt like a battlefield. Like there were explosions yeah. just going off from like mortar fire or whatever. Um, right. I guess just from like ships firing. And so it just, it felt very dynamic. It wasn't just like, oh, we shoot mm-hmm. four guys and then wait for the next four guys to come out. Exactly. Um, like it's like, it's frenetic and, yes. and really fun. Really good. Really good. So like Kim said, they're evacuating. And you're like, I wonder why they're evacuating. They'll probably be back with bigger guys soon. Uh, and then, nope, come to find out they have um, set a... <laughs> This is just like we throw a bunch of computer words out. Yeah. And Victus is like, I have to they, they put up a firewall. I have to create a bypass to get to the main node so that I can disarm the bo- <laughs> It's like, OK, Sorry, like that. We, we are just NCIS two people typing on a keyboard hacking. Yeah. And sure, whatever. So uh, we arrive. The bomb. Yeah. The bomb is like. It's hanging because so the bomb was buried underneath the ground. And so they have dug it out. But it's like it's hanging Mm -hmm. from what looks like a crane, but I guess is the the trigger apparatus. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like that's sort of the situation. You see this thing like like sort of like towering. It's like huge. And the bomb is in there in the trigger. This is just like scene setting because Mm -hmm. it matters. (laughs) It does matter. Yes. Eventually. Um. And yeah, Victus is at this control panel like, I got to disarm the firewall. So like, you know, you fight off Cerberus while I do that. Yeah. And yeah, it's a fun fight. It is. It's a fun fight. So so we are protecting Victus at the at the computer console um, as more Cerberus agents come back. Uh, I suppose the ones that evacuated have now circled back and are mm-hmm. coming out. Um and one thing I will say, we were talking. You just talked about how it's it's fun that your squad mates are like saying things as stuff as as this battle is happening. Anytime anybody gets a shot on Victus, I think it's the phrase is like I'm taking I'm taking fire or something, and then Shepard just yells protect him, and it's the same voice lines every time oh a new guy gets through with a gun and so there's wow. no variety it's like hey guys that's interesting it's just I very didn't, funny i didn't get that but i also I, like i said i was i was getting the hang of of vanguard and mm-hmm. so like the moment those dudes landed i was biotic charging in <laughs> and like my biotic charge now has like a blast radius and Hell so like yeah. everybody's just like woof like down nice um the moment i charge in there um yeah. and then i just like shoot them to to finish the job yeah so much fun yeah so fun that's great um, and i'm it makes me very excited to we're doing the mass effect ttrpg soon and i'm yes. playing a vanguard in that i'm really excited yeah i'm uh i'm i'm hyped for for that game also but i'm very glad that you're having a good time with vanguard because um, i had a great time with vanguard in mass effect one so i th- th- yeah I, I didn't have an issue most of the time but then once that big robot came down yeah something happened with liara and garris's ai and that robot's ai where they were all just like standing in one spot and so yeah. i was left alone to take every single other dude on which i just didn't have the, the capacity for so like one would get through and get a couple shots in before i was able to i, I was using the, the charge melee attack a lot this week i don't know what was uh what was going on but uh nice. it's it's fun to do um it is so after you do some shooting and you destroy the big robot that Cerberus drops, we get a big cutscene. A couple of big cutscenes this week, and they are really good. Yeah. Uh, 
so Victus completes the fight. And please chime in with like specific lines if you have mm-hmm. them. Um, because I just kind of had the general beats. So Victus completes the bypass, whatever, <laughs> gets the thing on, <laughs> gets gets the firewall down, and then I'm not sure exactly the tech of it, but like they rigged it so that when the firewall comes down, that activates the detonator or something. Yeah, he says Cerberus hacked the trigger mechanism. <laughs> We're just we're just throwing out words here. Yeah, but the point is, it's set to detonate. It's got like a minute going down. He's like, there's no time to disarm it from here. Like he just has to like get the bomb away from the trigger so the trigger can't like make it explode. Yes. So uh, as he is like, okay, I have to do it manually. uh, More Cerberus dudes come down. So we are distracted shooting. We're like, okay, just do whatever you have to do. We'll keep these guys away from you. Like go whatever. And he begins to climb mm-hmm. the crane. Yeah. Um, he like looks around for a second and is like trying to find something to do and then just begins climbing the crane. Um, mm-hmm. So he gets up to the top and like there is there are these the, the, the four things that come up that are holding the bomb. And then there's like a platform mm-hmm. between those four cranes or whatever. So he's standing up there and he twists something and pulls it out and is like, OK, did that work? Um, so first first he goes to like a like a like a screen like he's d- typing on another screen oh. to to separate it which I don't know why he had to go up to just like go to another screen but so like it's like three of the four hinges like pop off mm. and then one of them doesn't it mm. just like got stuck or something yeah uh and so he is then like on top of this platform like scrambling like shit I need to do something uh, and then crawls over the side of the 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 crane that has not unhinged, rips off a panel, uh, takes out whatever locking mechanism is there, um, mm-hmm. and and as he does it, it kind of like shudders, and he says, Panic! "Victory!" And, and, and the entire thing collapses. Uh, on top of him mm-hmm. and then the detonator the detonator itself was like a, a little bomb which i guess would then set off the actual mm-hmm. big bomb the detonator falls in with him and explodes so yeah. victus is like dead dead there is simply no way he has survived this victus um, the younger victus the younger yes uh <laughs> and uh man is that fucking intense yeah uh, it's a lot it is. it's a lot um so then uh, we we hop on the, you know, Steve Cortez comes and we hop on the, the ship and we, mm-hmm. we, we ride away. And it's really, really sad, dude. It is. Yeah. Uh, on the ship, um, Rex chimes in and says Krogan forces have begun kind of swarming that area, um, taking out the rest of Cerberus. Uh, and Garrus kind of talks a little bit about uh, Victus and says, whatever he was before, he'll be remembered for this. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, we ask, like, what like what do you think the Tarians are gonna feel about uh Victus sacrificing himself to save the Krogan? And and Garrus says something along the lines of like, no matter what, like sacrifice is seen as like the most like sacrificing yourself for battle or war or whatever or for your your platoon is like the most noble death a, tr- a Tarian can have or something. Yeah, he says it. So he says he did us proud, but we're hard to please. Society yeah. first, platoon first. It's all just expected. So like. Like, on the one hand, what he's done is very noble, but it's not like it's not like, oh, holy shit, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is sort of expected. Right. Um, and so it's like 
like it is a noble death, but it's not like in the American military, say, like when, when you get these like sort of inspiration porn stories of like, mm. you know, someone who sacrificed for like that, that wouldn't it doesn't sound like that would be like a remarkable story. It's yeah. just like that is what is expected of you. And so it was a good death. But yeah, the Turian military yeah. is not giving out purple hearts for people who get shot. They're just be like, yeah. yes, you did get shot and you were supposed right. to. <laughs> Right. I <laughs> this is going to be so goofy and we can talk about it more when we after we speak to the Primarch. Um, okay. But Blue Lions vibes with the Turians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blue Big Lions Fargus vibes. vibs. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Whoa. There is some Rod Glenn shit going on yes. when, we, when we talk to Primarch Victus. Oh, in wow. A few Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> Put a finer point on that in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we talk to the Primark, we do have to yak it with Hackett. Oh, yeah. Yak it with Hackett. Uh, here he is, our father, our, our, our <laughs> cool uncle. And he says, uh, the Krogan are recovering the bomb, but also not letting the Turians in to help, uh, because mm-hmm. why would they? Yeah. <laughs> um, and is basically, you know, you give him the rundown of what happened and he's like, yeah, great. Uh, you have to remember that you have Rex and Victus, you have a Krogan and a Turian, like the, the leaders, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, like at the moment on your ship. And there's probably going to be a confrontation. And then you're like, all right, see ya. And then there is a confrontation immediately yeah. after this. He, he finishes that conversation. Keep the peace. That's an order. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, you walk out and they're arguing. <laughs> yeah, they're arguing. And and Victus is in like the middle of a thought of like, it was a long time ago. I wasn't there. And, you know, whatever. Um, and and th- th- he says things have changed. And Rex says not enough to tell us about the bomb, coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a great comeback. And you get the option to chime in two different ways, basically saying, saying the same thing. I did choose the Paragon one. Um, but but it is an appropriate chewing out of both of them, mm-hmm. I believe. That's like, hey, the past doesn't matter. The relationships now matter. And, you know, we, we need to be on the same side if we're going to defeat the Reapers. And, and they're both just like, oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shep also points out, like, the Primarch son died today yeah. to make this right. So, like maybe don't be so hard on him and rex is like okay fine you've made your point yeah um storms out yeah um victus says i hope now you understand like why i kept this secret <laughs> chef goes secrets get people killed you learn that or i think it's a it's a, a choice right it but is a choice is, but this is the i took the paragon option cool. secrets get people killed you've learned that lesson the hard way victus says yes the hardest lesson i'll ever learn damn uh, i took i took the renegade option which is basically like i don't like politics or secrets uh and you have brought both into this and it end up with your son dying and he says you know what you're right i i was wrong not to trust you and it ended up badly and i will take Mm -hmm. that lesson into the future (laughs) yeah either way pretty spicy yeah pretty spicy um and then he says that his son died uh with the respect of his men uh and that any father would be proud having a son die honorably for his platoon yeah the delivery of this line Mm. is so bitter i don't know if you like maybe i'm i'm injecting no i think my own thoughts into that i think it definitely was my son he died with the respect of his men i wanted to thank you for that his sacrifice will be recorded in the histories of the ninth platoon something any father would be proud of 
And the way that he says that line, every father would be proud of. It's like, I know I'm supposed to be proud of him, but I just fucking miss my son. Yeah. Um, and that's the moment that I was like, this is fucking Rodrigue and Glenn. But if Rodrigue like hadn't finished his cup of Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like he's clearly he feels the sting of it in a way that like Rodrigue does not mm-hmm. like let on in in Fire Emblem. Um, yeah. And it's just oh. It's yeah. good shit. I, I mean, I think I think if we're still using the Fire Emblem analog, I think like Rodrigue had been in a position of authority for a decade or more, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Victus was in a position of authority, but he has been promoted, what, two days ago? Uh, yeah. And one of the he first... He never expected to be Primarch. Yeah. And one of the first choices he made was to send his son unknowingly to his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm sure that there's layers there of, like, shame and regret and stuff, I'm sure. But but I think it is it is really, really good to that, that line delivery of, like, a father, mm-hmm. any father would be proud. Uh, so, yeah. Then we are out on the Normandy. Oh, did you talk to Anderson? Yeah. Uh, no, I had talked to Anderson earlier. Uh, I yeah, I, so what's her face is like, Anderson's on VidCom. And so I went and talked mm. to him and I was like, I feel like I've had this conversation with him before, but I can't tell. But yeah, he's, I don't know. They There are local resistances sort of cropping up on Earth because um, they're, the Reapers are focused on big cities. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. That was the conversation I had okay. like two yeah. weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, cool. Yeah. When I just randomly wandered in there. That's very funny that I was able to get it without anybody being like, hey, you can I talk. I think you to can him. get it anytime. Yeah. They say Anderson is on VidCom. And well, no, they didn't say the it. Same. I just like I just like wandered into that room and it was no. it was available for me. It was just interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I like that conversation. I think that conversation is good. Um, it is. It's good. Um, Victus, thanks you again for mm-hmm. letting his son die with honor. If you talk to Rex, he is like still pretty perturbed. Um, he says, I've got Reapers on my planet, a bomb that almost blew up my planet. And if that doesn't kill us, the Genophage will. I don't want to hear about who has it hard um, mm-hmm. when you're like, hey, maybe ease up on Victus. Like stuff's stuff's been it's pretty hard. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just like love Rex whenever he says anything. Um, yeah, I think that that phrase specifically is really good. Oh, um, he was right. And he's right, you know. Edie uh, is talking about wandering up to the CIC. Edie's talking about the Reapers. <laughs> Are trying to get or, or are like putting out, you know, uh, comms to uh, Earth gov- Alliance government officials and being like, hey, let's parlay and let's like mm-hmm. organize like a truce or something, something where we can end this peacefully. And you're like, OK, so they're like going to be indoctrinated. And Edie's like, yeah, right. that's like exactly what is happening. And and they're saying like anybody who's trying to like stop this from happening is, is like being retaliated against. And it's mm-hmm. it's like fucking dark. Man, yeah, she like, she says it's likely that governments will start like outlawing aggression towards the Reapers in the yeah. name of quote unquote peace. So fucked up. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting in the in juxtaposing with the conversation that you just had with Anderson of him being like, yeah, you know, people are organizing resistances and then Edie immediately being like, yeah, probably the resistances are going to get stomped out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really it's really fucking that's a lot. Dark, um, yeah. It is interesting, though, that it's like the the reaper strategy isn't just like show up and wreck shit it's like show up and mm-hmm. wreck shit physically emotionally and mentally yeah <laughs> on every like, level it, the tactics are like again like this this game listen i don't know a lot about war but like the the way that this game portrays kind of the different yeah. strategies is, is 
really fascinating yeah, it's really not just like big gun shoot until right. all everybody dead it's right. like no they're they are very manipulative um <laughs> yeah and it's creepy it's creepy uh down in the cargo bay you talk to james a bit and he you know has comments about the stuff that just happened um and then his his like go-to line here when you're done talking about everything is like do you hear that hum mm-hmm. and like that's the only line and i'm like what's that hum james i don't hear it what is it and that's got me worried <laughs> kim is just nodding her head and I'm I, yeah sure I, I'm I, there's, no, there's nothing i can say yeah. about that currently that's pretty fucked up uh i don't like it very much at all and the fact that it replaces his like hey uh as his Mm -hmm. i don't have anything else to say is really upsetting uh javik like i said earlier um says that the the (laughs) the tarian should have used the bomb as leverage against the krogan um but also Mm -hmm. before this he you walk in and javik is talking to garris over the comms yeah (laughs) he's like it's like oh the tarians would have been a a great uh like a great ally or whatever to the to the protheans and and addition uh, addition yeah and garris is like oh you mean slave race and (laughs) javik says please subservient race (laughs) garris is like oh that makes it better yeah um really good mm-hmm. uh <laughs> and then if you if you talk to javik after that he's he says he enjoys speaking to garris yeah. um because he like knows a lot about war and he goes but he'd be a better marksman if he had four eyes yes <laughs> really funny. good uh the comedy in this in these games is just so good i think just yeah. it's so it's so sparse and like the jokes aren't like this is a joke it's just like kind of played as an observation a lot of the time um which yeah I just think it's a, a, like comedy and games can be really hard but they mm-hmm. they do a good a good job of it mm-hmm. <laughs> going to talk to garris uh he says the bomb was ingenious at the time <laughs> yeah um, but it's kind of embarrassing now uh it's like just stop Sir, complimenting you know embarrassing? the embarrassing yeah you're embarrassing yourself talking yeah. about how much you like this bomb <laughs> just like admit that it was bad and it's fine we all agree that it's bad we don't think you're a bad person garris uh just because he is no perfect man no perfect man and, and that's that's basically all i have for this this uh normandy round i don't know if you had anything else i yeah did you i feel like you may have mentioned this a previous week but i don't remember so i mm. walked in to the med bay mm. and eve said doctor i'd like to hear the song you said you would you would sing it once the tests were done <gasps> no and morden starts singing her a song about the krogan queen i guess it's like a maybe it's like a traditional krogan song or something what? i don't know he sings her a little song no and i start way. crying oh my um, god it's so good and um maybe go in there before our next one maybe you'll get it oh no no we no you can't go to an old save um (laughs) or find it it on youtube yeah i think what had happened is there was one time i walked in and the the beat between their conversation starting and me being like okay they're not going to say anything let me talk to morden like as i hit a to talk to Mm -hmm. morden a conversation started and i was like fuck and so i think i i think i must have just accidentally skipped over it but yeah it's so he sings it for her and he goes i still prefer patter songs and she goes of course i really had to twist your arm (laughs) i just the friendship between these two is so delightful that's really yeah oh uh the the other thing is uh when you go into garris's little little place before he talks about how much he loves the bomb um (laughs) rex he's on vidcom or audio comms with rex Mm -hmm. Um, and Rex is like, I like, I just need you to tell me that like you didn't 
yeah. know about this. Um, and Garrus is like, I really didn't like I, I was just as much in the dark as you. And he says, that's all I needed to hear. Um, I just wanted to make you sweat. I wasn't sure if you could because you're always so calm. Ooh. And Garrus says, I'd be happy to give Krogan's a lesson in relaxing. And Rex says, and we'd be happy to feed you to a thresher mall. <laughs> Uh, I love the like dudes rock energy between these two <laughs> dudes rock. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I, I love yeah. I love that. Um, I mean, I love when Rex talks to anybody, honestly, yeah. and I love when Garrus talks to most people. Most of those conversations are pretty fun, but I, they're, yeah. they're, their energy is great because it, it harkens back to, uh, you know, Citadel elevator talks, mm-hmm. uh, which are just so and fun. I just like I like that the game is invested in showing you that these like these people do have history they've known each other a long time like the friendships that they have are as like rich and important as the friendships that they all have with Mm Shepard which I think we've talked a lot about before is something that's like sort of missing in like Mass Effect 2 Mm -hmm. and so it's just my favorite thing anytime we get to see interactions between the squad mates in this game yeah it's great I love it and it's, it happens so many times just like that, like over the audio comms, which I think is really mm-hmm. it's really good. That on top of the like, if they only have one new thing to say or whatever, it won't bring you into the whole like oblivion face to face. Right. Um, I think that's right. th- those are those are two really great additions to these Citadel scenes that mm-hmm. make them go by way quicker, um, which is yes. just delight. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the Normandy. And now we move on to priority to Chanka. It is time. It's time. Uh, just a quick recap. There is, uh, we are trying to cure the genophage. Uh, Morden has synthesized most of what he needs, but he just needs a way to distribute it. Uh, and there is this thing called the Shroud that the Salarians left after they uh, implemented the genophage uh, to rebuild the Krogan atmosphere from the nuclear uh, I guess, destruction of the atmosphere that had happened at the hands of the Krogan post rachni wars i think it was pre-rachni wars oh really yeah it was before before they were ever uplifted oh interesting i had my timeline all wrong i thought that stuff happened after oh that makes all this a lot more interesting then Mm -hmm. very interesting wow okay yeah Uh, we get some some a bit about that um in the shuttle actually yeah so we are heading to the shroud facility to put the genophage in there to then uh distribute it planet wide because that's what they mm-hmm. did that's what they did last time when morden uh changed the genophage to make it worse um mm. so he says i actually i can just go and make it better now uh so we do that uh and as we're showing up we get a call that's like hey there's a reaper directly next to the shroud facility and they are using it to destroy the atmosphere of the planet and you're like mm-hmm. oh cool uh and this is my notes here are a reaper is at the shroud facility eek Oh, man, this isn't going to end well. I could just bad vibes, bad vibes immediately. Yeah, Um, Yeah, we find this out like as the Normandy is flying in. So we're mm -hmm. all still on the Normandy. Everybody's like in the war room. And so Shep's like, Primark, we need help from the Turian fleet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the the plan is for the Turians to hit the Reapers with an airstrike um, and the Krogans attack from the ground and distract it draw it away from the shroud so then mm. a small team can go in and like finish the cure Synthesize. like there's still like more that 
Morden needs to do to like synthesize the cure there. Yeah, because I think he's using he has the modified version mm-hmm. or whatever, but he needs to implement it, synthesize it, like you said, into the genophage that is stored in the shroud currently. Right. right. So he's got to go and do some. Button, yeah button pushing. and and it needs uh, there's like still like a procedure he needs to do with eve which will become relevant um yes but yeah this this scene on the normandy ends with shep saying everyone ready and rex goes let's move pie jack time to cure the genophage which is um the new get in loser we're going shopping as far as i'm concerned <laughs> let's move pie jack it's so good <laughs> really good um i love that they throw around pie jack as kind of a pejorative but also kind of a fun like just poking fun at each other um yeah uh, I like it. And before we leave, we get a uh, hail from trainer that's like, hey, there's an urgent comms message from the Dalatras. I don't know if you want to like go say hi. So you go into your your VidCon room, whatever. Uh, VidCon room is what I just said. So you go into the, <laughs> the VidCom room uh, to talk to the Dalatras. And she's like, hey, you want to do something really fucked up? <laughs> um, and is basically like look we know the genophage is in there it's like the modified genophage and so you know if you just don't say anything and we've kind of already set up the shroud to just like put the genophage back out <laughs> not and not the cure um so like if you don't say anything nobody will notice and you know you'll get the the krogans but then we'll help you uh build the crucible what do you think about that uh and immediately <laughs> shepherd was like fucking no i'm not gonna do that but okay and the Valtras is like think about it see ya <laughs> and has this like stupid fucking smile on her face yeah uh, god she also annoying. she she specifically points out like morden will realize that this thing has been sabotaged so it can never distribute a cure and we'll be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to deal with him if you want to prevent this, if you want to accept this deal. Mm. How you deal with him is up to you. But think about it. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. see ya. It's, it's just so... God, yeah, it's really yeah. bad. I, I, I get that if like i didn't feel any emotions toward any of my squad mates how like maybe this could be like a oh well this will help the war effort because the krogan will be none the wiser and then the salarians will come help build the thing but like at this point i feel like it's just such a non-choice you know what i mean so, i don't know so there is a circumstance where this could feel more like a choice sure and that is if you lost rex in mass effect one hmm, there- okay we will talk about it as we go, but there are many permutations of how mm. this this um, <sighs> mission can end up or really? the options available to you, depending upon a bunch of things that have happened before. Whoa. And the first of which is, did you save Rex at the end of Mass Effect 1? Because mm. if you don't, Reeve, or not Reeve, his brother, oh, his is brother. in charge instead and Reeve is very and like I think from the beginning would be the Krogan who you've been like right dealing with um in in the summit and everything yeah well and even and in so, two right for the grunt mission yeah. yeah yeah um and so his he is not <laughs> as interested as Rex is in like moving forward and like being a part of the galactic community mm-hmm. like he wants revenge mm. and so there is they they justify the possibility of screwing over the Krogan with the idea that like if you don't like this war is in fact inevitable yeah and so 
that that oh, there this mission is so good and, and there are so many different ways that it can shake out and so yeah like that is just like one thing that might if you lost rex you might have a different thought about that really interesting to me it seems obvious as it does to you um yeah. that this is some bullshit but yeah oh man i mean even if like rex's whole thing is like well look we're gonna change like i i intend to change krogan ways because we are not meant to just be like brutal like fighting all the time like even if reeve is like no we're gonna keep fighting and that's just like what we're gonna do it doesn't feel good to be like yeah well let's just wipe this civilization off the face of the galaxy like that's not cool you know Mm -hmm. i don't know damn so okay that's that's pretty cool actually um it gets cooler as we will discuss yeah i'm really curious to to hear about these these uh, various permutations Mm -hmm. um so uh, we then begin heading down to the planet. Um, Rex says he's ordered the clans to meet down at the hollows. Uh, he says, this will be the, de- this will be a defining moment of Krogan history. And Morden is like, there have been several defining moments in, in Krogan history. Let's, uh, I didn't write the exact quote down, but he says something about like hoping it doesn't end in, in too much bloodshed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just fun. And then you get the option to reveal or not reveal the, uh, dalatras stuff or well no there's some talk about the ancients here right yeah so so um yeah i took some detailed notes here so uh you you get the oh no this is that that's later that is later um it's in the the tanks oh i I knew we were in Um, some sort of thing okay but yeah so so you get the option to reveal the the sabotage but even if you want to we're landing and like you get interrupted basically then there's reapers at the landing site um get another incredible landing scene um (laughs) where the the shuttle lands the door opens there's a husk right there it like turns to look at you (laughs) and screams and rex just blasts it with Mm. his shotgun it's such a good scene great stuff so then it's like all right well we're going i guess uh you guys go ahead we will uh or sorry you guys, as, as in being Shepherd Squad, uh, go ahead and Rex and Morden, etc. will stay back with Eve, making sure that nothing bad happens. And so we go ahead. This is also there's a um, this is where we meet Reeve. And yeah, he's all like, shooting, yeah. why should we trust this Solarian? And um, and Rex headbutts him and goes, because I do. And so will you. Yes. Um, And it looks like Reeve and his guys are like ready to to fight rex and his guys and us um and then eve yells enough she says we get another like sick eve dialogue Mm -hmm. moment (laughs) she says you can stay here and let old wounds fester as krogan have always done or you can fight the enemy you were born to destroy and win a new future for our children I choose to fight. Who will join me? And then (laughs) Shepard goes, I will. And it's like, I don't think she was talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then we, yeah, we get in tanks and head for the shroud. Yeah. I just want to say, um, right when Reeve and his, his squad show up, Morden says multiple Krogan problematic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Really good. So then we head to the tanks to continue on. Um, And I was like, oh, no, are we going to have to drive something? Uh, But (laughs) I I assume in Mass Effect, by Mass Effect 3, they've learned their lesson. No vehicles. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're inside the tank and Eve is like, hey, 
was there something you wanted to say on the ship before we got shot uh and oh yeah please so the, before this we get the glory of the ancients conversation ah, okay okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> so um speaking of, like because of this whole reef thing that just happened eve says to rex like you're gonna have to placate these guys somehow mm-hmm. and he says well i'll you know i'm gonna demand that the council turn over some of our old territory because we're gonna have to expand and he says something about reclaiming the glory of the ancients and morton's like that's a little like a little problematic because um it was you know the the glory of the ancients that like led to all of this conflict in the first place um and so you can ask about the ancient krogans and eve explains that they were a proud people but um they destroyed themselves with technology and like morton says something like oh you were proud people until like the solarians came along and she says no no like we Mm. we like destroyed tuchanka before we were ever uplifted Mm. um and you know basically says like technology made things too easy and so we were we like turned on each other i don't know it's a little hand wavy um (laughs) but it ends with um with rex basically saying like at the end of the day like we need a new home that isn't like destroyed so that we can like prosper which is like yeah true um so yeah then she asks about what you were trying to say earlier yeah um and just just to stay on the ancients talk for a moment i i think it is interesting for the krogan to kind of be like alternate universe humanity uh like inventing the atom bomb um where like the atom bomb isn't now held up as this like great thing that happened i can't believe Mm -hmm. we killed all those people in one shot it was great and with for the krogan it's just like this thing that like just absolutely fucking destroyed their planet and has changed everything for forever it's a really good point because yeah we we talked a few weeks ago about how (laughs) like yeah there was that really weird like pro nuclear yeah discussion really weird in the game um so it is nice to to know that it is not like (laughs) like they they do recognize like the complicated nature of it in some respects yeah although yeah but it was still good for humanity (laughs) yeah exactly worked out for us um maybe not everybody (laughs) yeah we're just special um but yeah i like it is it is an interesting um point of comparison there yeah anyway i don't i don't know if there's any any there there i just wanted to bring it up um no it's a good that's a good point Thanks. So you tell the gang about uh, what the Dalatras. Um, well, you can choose to. Well, you can choose to. Sorry. Yes. Did I? I did choose to. I did too. Okay. Um. But yeah. Just. Just. The. This is part of why there are so many permutations because mm-hmm. you can choose to keep that to yourself. Yeah. But so you bring it up, <laughs> and then basically Morden is like, "Oh, okay, cool. Thanks for telling me. I can take care of it." Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing about this is Jin is like, here, let me play you a clip and plays a recording of yes. what the Dalatras said. Yeah. <laughs> like he came with receipts. Really good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. But yeah, this also ends with Rex like turning to Eve and being like, see, I told you we could trust Shepard. And yeah. it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> um anyway yeah so then uh so that's all figured out and we then the caravan stops uh and we look out and we're like still several miles from the shroud uh and we're like hey what's what's up 
And then there was this kind of like weird, like you can pick up some like weapon upgrades and stuff that are just mm-hmm. like laying around. It's very odd. Um, yeah. There's one you can pick up a new shotgun uh, and the guy who's standing next to, the, to it when you pick it up, he says, just bring it back when you're done. <laughs> Uh, which I just thought was kind of silly. I will not. Yeah. Um, it's also just kind of implying you just like stole this guy's gun for some reason, um, I, which I just don't. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So then you go talk to the Krogan scout who's at the front of the thing. And he's like, oh, well, the road is like blown off. It's like exploded. So we can't really get around mm-hmm. it. Uh, and they're like, OK, well, tell the Terrians to like hold off while we figure this out. And then you're like, hey, hold off while we figure this out. Uh, and the, the guy you're talking to whose name I did not write down. It's Ara. I don't even, I think. Yeah, I didn't catch it either. Yeah, just, just whoever the leader of this flight crew is. That, that's probably not the correct verbiage. But uh, you're like, hey, hold off for a bit. And he's like, oh, too late. We're here. And they fly overhead mm. uh, and begin shooting at the Reaper, which, first of all, I feel like even if we were on track, it's st- they still would have arrived too soon. Um, yeah, it's uh, true. But whatever. Uh, so then you're like, OK, well, fuck. Uh, OK, well, we, we just just go like we are driving whether mm-hmm. there is no road there or not. We just have to get there. Um, and as yeah. you were saying that the Reaper uh, shoots down a Turian mm-hmm. ship that then flies directly into the caravan of, of vehicles mm-hmm. uh, and blows one fully, fully up. Uh, and so you're like, okay, well shit, uh, just go. Like we will figure this out. Go, go, go. Um, yeah. And, and Rex and Eve and Morden continue on. Uh, and I guess your tank gets blown up. Um, yeah. So we're and, going on foot. Yeah. So uh, we're like, we'll figure it out. Just 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 go. So you then make your way into a hole in the wall and it the it turns into a Resident Evil game for a second. Um, <laughs> this this part, shit. This part's fucking horrifying. What the fuck? It's so cool. Yeah. All of a sudden. So it's like the the catacombs of the like ancient Krogan yeah. city. Uh, they say it's been abandoned for thousands of years. There are no maps. Rex is like, Shepard, you're a trailblazer. You'll find your way out. Like, yeah. but we can't help you. It is. Like, and it, lo- it looks like a fucking like Skyrim dungeon, it's but so totally scary. dark. Yeah. Yeah. You can only see with the flashlight in front of you. And I do just want to point out the flashlight in this game functions like a real ass flashlight would uh, like not like uh, when you're in like Dark Souls or whatever, where even if you roll, the light still stays in front of you. No, no, no. If you roll here or if you turn or whatever, um, the flashlight rolls with you so you can't see in front of you. And it's just so it is like so scary for no reason. It is. It is. There's nothing in there. You no. don't like encounter anything. <laughs> no. Um, I, I I wrote here, even having played this game multiple times already, I am blown away by the like, hey, the, the, this was not even I'm realizing this note wasn't even about just this part. I have yeah. a bunch of other hype notes about just this part. Okay. But like just the the cut scene that leads to this is like it's so good. It's such good. It's like good storytelling where like it's it's very dynamic. It's very compelling. Like things are like shifting and evolving and things are going wrong or whatever. And it doesn't feel contrived. It feels it makes sense. It's high stakes. And yeah. like it's it's. I I was so invested in yeah. it. Again, even having played this game multiple times, I was like, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then the these catacombs are like I think so well designed mm. because again, like you said, it is like pitch dark in there. So it feels like 
as you're as you're trying to find your way through it feels like you're just wandering mm-hmm. um but it is like a like a straight line basically yeah, yeah um for the most part like there's different like rooms to sort of like explore but like there is really only one path but because i like i just think that it's very clever game design mm-hmm. where like if this was actually a maze i think it would be a really frustrating moment in the mm-hmm. game to like try and find your way through but it's not but they 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 still give you the sense of like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm kind of just wandering and like, I hope I find my way by mm-hmm. making it so dark that you can't tell where you are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's a really clever, like shortcut to creating a, a sense of like being lost without actually being lost. And yeah. I just think it's very like well done yeah. in terms of like game design. And as you go, you're finding these like different like ancient cave paintings and Liar's like, oh, my God, like this, like they they made art like, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, like haven't seen this before in the crow again. And you see like you start feeling tremors. <laughs> yeah, I would say they're a bit more than tremors. The whole yeah. screen shakes uh, and you're like, hey, what the fuck is that? Uh, and Eve or or Rex, I don't remember which one it is. is like, oh, well, that's probably Kalros, the mother of all Thresher Maws. Like, I wouldn't worry about it. She's just kind of like <laughs> buried deep beneath the city and like is just kind of around all the time. And you're like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of fucked up. Um, yeah. Cool. And, and you see a cave painting of Kalros and she's fucking terrifying. Yeah. She's like, I couldn't tell if they were like binding her or like worshiping her or like what the vibe was because there are like Krogan on worship the- her. Yeah, I think so. Right. That's kind of, that's yeah, that's so fucking well, cool. Well, because we we eventually get to a part where it's like this was like an arena like built like in devotion to her. Mm. Um so really yeah, cool. I think I think it was worship. It's really cool. So also along this way, you find a um a Reaper Rachni. Uh, mm-hmm. just like dead in the middle of the floor and you're like ah cool they're here too uh and then i was immediately like oh sh- fuck are we about to get like reaper thresher mod because <laughs> holy shit that's like really fucked up oh that would have been wild um but that is not what happens but that's fine but then we find our way out onto this like beautiful like palazzo like area mm-hmm. there are just like statues around and like huge towers and and like buildings and stuff like really 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 stunning honestly it was like awesome to beautiful. like see this shit and it was like oh the krogan had I and mean, even seeing the cave paintings and stuff it's like oh they had like culture and whatnot and like we've talked mm-hmm. about that stuff in mass effect 2 i remember that coming up at some point with morden talking about like the krogan culture and, and whatnot um no that's what it was he was saying like oh well they don't even like paint and it's like okay does painting make something <laughs> cultural like what uh but as a matter of fact they do uh but it's like just just incredible seeing like structures and stuff like built on tachanka because mm-hmm. anything we saw in the last game was like we we had that one spot where grunt did his uh you know trials or whatever um but everything else was just like crushed up ground right but to see this entire like part of a city is just like so so cool um, yeah. And so as we are here, we fight some reapers that show up um, and then we make our way to the other side. Um, there there are all kinds of reapers here. We've got that. We've got the the Batarian ones. We've got the Rachni ones. We've got the Tarian ones. It's like the, mm-hmm. the gang's all a here. A smorgasbord. A smorgasbord. But once we make our way through that, we 
cross paths with Rex, uh, who like drives under this bridge and is like, hey, we're being chased by Kalros. And like, oh, okay, cool. And then Kalros like smashes the bridge in half. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. great, great, great. Cool. Really um, cool moment. Yeah. Um, and so there is some more shooting and some more driving. And they're like, hey, we are, we just lost. We basically somehow out road Calros. I don't really know how that makes sense, but okay. And so we get on the tanks with Rex. And as we do that, Calros shows back up, destroys Reeves truck. Uh, and they're like, Oh no, that's Reeves. Should we go back? And Rex is like, nah, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> he was, no way he survived that. And he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, <anyway. laughs> holy shit, man. That's really funny. Uh, I mean, Probably it's good. wild, but it's so good. Um, and so then when you were talking to Rex over the comms earlier, he's like, hey, we have a plan. And Eve is like, leave them alone. They're like, just let them get out of what they're doing. We can talk about the plan in a minute. And so then once you arrive, uh, you know, meet back up with them, you're like, hey, so what's this plan? Uh, mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I think we should draw Calrose to the Reaper. Uh, and so that she can take care of it. <laughs> like, um, OK, how? Uh, and Rex says there are like these two right by the shroud. Conveniently, there are these two, you know, ancient uh thresher maw hammers which are how they summon the thresher maw um mm-hmm. so he's like yeah you should we should just be able to activate those and then uh she should come and, and wreck shit uh you're like okay cool yeah it's a cool callback to grunts like rite of passage yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's cool that there's like some precedent for this mm-hmm. um and i also like eve you know you're kind of like how do we know that like she's actually gonna try and fight the reaper and eve says this is as much her home as ours so she's gonna recognize this thing as a threat hopefully um which is very cool so then we go back into doing some fighting and shooting and stuff um wait wait wait, there's another good moment before we go back into fighting and shooting um (laughs) we we like decide on this plan is like and shep's like all right you know we're gonna have a hell of a story to tell Mm -hmm. and there's like a a moment of like all right, let's like circle up before we go. Oh yeah, Rex. Rex says, "Shep, you've been a champion to the Krogan people, a friend to Clan Erdnot, and a brother to me." And mm. I start crying. <laughs> um, and you can, <laughs> he's like giving you a handshake, and um, you can. There's like a paragon interrupt to like bring the handshake in, you know, mm-hmm. when it's like you do the handshake and then you like bring it like to your heart. So mm-hmm. you, you're like heart to heart with your hands together. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then Rex heads off to to fight some Rachnite and he's like, I am or not Rex and this is my planet and I'm still crying. <laughs> and and so, yeah, you go in and you're like crossing this bridge thing and the Reaper just like blasts yeah. it in half. So you fall and it's like, OK, time to like go do the hammers. Yeah. And Rex says, my advice is to avoid the giant laser, yeah. um, which is very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> this that moment is fucking bonkers. Yeah. Like like. Uh, we've talked about, I think, in every episode how awestruck I am every single time a Reaper shows up. But now we are like directly next to one uh, mm-hmm. that we come to learn is like, you know, I mean, we we know because we've seen Sovereign, but like this is like a third the size of a regular, you know, Dreadnought Reaper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're like right at the foot of it. And that's like awe inspiring of its own. But then we start getting fucking laser beamed. It's like, OK, I guess we are just like actively fighting this thing, which is fucking mm-hmm. bonkers. And so you avoid the lasers and you end up like right at its feet. Uh, and you're like, OK, well, I guess we have to do these these hammers. Um, My strategy here yeah. is to just 
book it towards the well yeah okay the hammers so so they throw a bunch of guys at you and you're like okay great and then they th- fucking they, multiple you, brutes yeah yeah so they throw guys at you including one brute and then you take them all out and then they throw three brutes at you all at once it's like okay what the fuck so i did take them all out and then was like all right now what and then three more showed up and i was like um i'm sorry what is happening and then i realized i could just go to the hammers the whole time mm-hmm. so like they yeah. throw those three brutes at you as like a you're not gonna beat them do not fight them uh but i sure did just like run around the, the arena for like five full minutes just yeah. like o- over uh, you know shooting shooting them and then running away and then shooting them and running away i i remember the first time i did this i was confused about that point because it's like yeah. not not a design choice that they make in basically any other part of the game ever (laughs) where it's like you can just ignore this fight and like focus on your actual goal yeah um but yeah i i got in there and i was like i remember from my second playthrough just like (laughs) forcing my way through this Uh, and it was uh, a lot easier so yeah, yeah i just ran i just ran past them if they got a hit on me i was like fine whatever took out my shields um but yeah i was just focused on on getting those um uh those hammers hit and so i did this lickety split um (laughs) lickety split is a phrase i don't hear it's so fucking crazy like as you're running in you're like trying to avoid getting zapped by the reaper laser it's just which is like stepped on by its giant feet yes yeah really cool it's little feet are going and like as you each time you approach the hammers it a foot comes down to like block you at first so you have to like wait for it to pick it back up again so Mm. you can go in oh that's good um i and again even having played this before i like forgot that that happened so Mm. like the first time the foot came down i yelled (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you you get those hammers ding dong and and oh lord she coming she fucking shows (laughs) up dude and it's oh my god okay it's so fucking cool so she shows it up is. and it's like so for first yeah. point of order Shep tells like uh the, the squad mates to get back to the the tanks yes. and you are gonna go in and deal with this yourself and then yes. we get this cool scene yes so she shows up begins like you know mouth first you know attacking this reaper whatever um launches herself at launches it. herself at it and then it you, you know it's fighting back and it looks like it beats her a little bit as she like retreats back into the dirt um and then it like turns its attention to you and she (laughs) jumps up from like behind it or whatever and fully just fucking takes this thing down uh and and (laughs) takes it into the ground with her Mm -hmm. Uh, like constricts around it like a snake it's like a literal and there's a moment where like shep is like running towards the shroud and it like zooms out and shep is tiny and there's Mm -hmm. a fucking kaiju battle yeah happening right next to you yeah it, it is it is very like like kaiju it's very cool it is. yeah um my fucking ps5 yeah. was chugging oh, really? i was like dropping frames yeah like <laughs> i don't know what was going on i was like this is supposed to be the best gaming machine of all machines and like can't even handle this but it just That's sort so of like funny. added to the the <laughs> awe um yeah. i was so fucking hyped <laughs> yeah this scene f- is so so cool it's so it's- cool incredible um, yeah and really sets you up to just be emotionally destroyed because um, <laughs> you don't hear you're like oh yeah this is like the highest high i could feel right now um <laughs> uh-huh. so that happens great perfect awesome and then we arrive at the shroud with morden and 
Oh my god! I this whole bit was a blur to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have specific I, notes. I have I have detailed notes. Please so I can walk us through. Please, please. Um. Please. So you you walk in. Morden is in here. He's like preparing the cure, or whatever. The tower is in like bad shape. Things mm-hmm. keep like falling off of it. It's like, and the, we're we're on like the ground level with the tower like above us. Mm-hmm. So Morden's like, I I I like synthesize the cure. Um. It's loaded for dispersal in two minutes. Um. It like getting getting the the cure finally done was traumatic for eve but she's okay Mm. malin's research proved invaluable yeah if so this is where the different permutations start to come into play if you didn't save malin's research eve dies here holy shit yeah she died to create the cure oh my fucking god yeah so um he he says like she's already like headed out she's safe um and he says her survival is is fortunate because um you know she'll be a stabilizing force for the krogans and Mm. like a good match for rex which again that that is (laughs) you can see how if eve is dead that stabilizing force is gone Mm -hmm. um if rex is dead there's no stabilizing Mm -hmm. force this is all relevant um to set up what happens next um yeah so there there's basically a control room at the the top of the shroud tower um and morton needs to like go up there it's something to do with like the temperature is too high he can only like fix it up there Mm -hmm. um but like it needs to be fixed or else like it's gonna just like kill the cure basically Mm -hmm. so he's like i'm going up there and you're like no um <laughs> like is there no other way to do this morden says it's impossible no, there's no other option not coming back suggest you get clear explosions likely to be problematic morden no shepherd please need to do this my project my work my cure my responsibility and he closes his eyes for a moment and he says would have liked to run tests on the seashells motherfucker <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not had to be me Someone else might have gotten it wrong. Yeah, I said uh, I wrote in my notes. I knew there was a reason they were giving him a catchphrase. <laughs> it's like yeah. they're really, they were really pushing that this game. Um, yeah. Fuck, dude. Uh, so let's talk about what happens. Yeah. And then I will tell you the different Please. outcomes that could happen. So here, um, you know, Morden gets in the elevator and begins going up, and Shepard runs away. I feel like in most other situations, almost every other situation, we would have just like cut to Shepard, you know, a safe distance away from the shroud, the the cure being dispersed. And then like we are there knowing what happened. But for like maybe the only time in the game, we get a scene completely devoid of Shepard. Shepard has no like even the even the Victus scene like we are with Victus, but Shepard is there. So like Shepard is seeing this stuff happen, like, you know, is aware of these things happening. But like Shepard is like gone and we get this this one on one moment with Morden where he's in the elevator and he just shuts his eyes and he takes a deep breath and then arrives. One last long sniff. One last long sniff. Yeah. So he arrives at the top floor and is like stumbling to the console because it is actively exploding. Um, so he's like makes it to the console, uh, starts typing in the thing, and then starts humming uh, that the the song, the Pirates of Penzance, the very model of a scientist Solarian. 
yeah, so he's he's singing it, he's typing, there are explosions happening. He like hits the like go button, whatever. And then continues singing. and we see it and just like holy shit man yeah like what a fucking powerful scene and Mm -hmm. like just it's and it's so like loaded in so many levels uh Mm -hmm. because like not only is morden curing this genophage not only is he a solarian not only is he like uh, the like the guy who synthesized the new genophage like there's just so many layers to all of this and it's just like him being uh, i don't know i guess like content in this sacrifice or whatever and and just like aware of of you know like this is just something that has to be done and i have to be the one to do it it's just like so it's just it's so much and yeah. it's so good um yeah and so so that explosion happens and we 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 then get the scene of shepherd far away seeing the the cure like come out in its mm-hmm. like pretty colors for some reason <laughs> yeah the cure is like it looks like like glitter mm-hmm. <laughs> like flying out of the thing i was full crying here mm-hmm. um they start playing vigil from the mm-hmm. um from the first game that beautiful song um and it's like a really powerful moment i'm tearing up right now talking yeah. about it um because you also like rex and eve are like standing there like and holding up mm-hmm. their hands to like catch it like it's like raindrops and um it's just like it gets me yeah it's, it's <laughs> i'm so embarrassed <laughs> no it's it's powerful um, it's like unlike anything else this game has done mm-hmm. like like it's it, we we've done really intense scenes we've done really like upsetting scenes i mean we'd literally just had one with Victus, like a guy mm-hmm. we knew for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, we've seen Sacrifice before. Yeah, and it's just like, this is just it, it's it, it's it's unbelievable, like, writing and game making, and it's like on a totally different mm-hmm. a, a totally new level than anything else that this game has done thus far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do we want to finish this out entirely before yeah, I sure. tell you the different ways this could have gone? Sure, sure, sure. Um, Okay, this moment was weird um, to me. Shepard is like talking about like, yeah, Morden sacrificed himself, et cetera, et cetera. And says, maybe wherever he is, he's putting in a good word for us, which I was like, I, yeah, which extremely, was like, extremely weird. It was it was like that grunt line of like, does anybody have something to eat? It's like, why are we why do we need to put these like one liner buttons on everything? It just feels well, so. I, yeah, I, I guess the one thing that I the one way that I like make this like not cringy to me in mm. my mind is I remember there was remember that conversation with Morden back in Mass Effect 2 where he talks about like how he's like studied all different like religious yes. <laughs> like like histories and things yeah. you know like the the religions of many different societies because he's like because he had like a crisis of conscience about mm-hmm. conscience about his um his work on the gen of age mm-hmm. is the the implication of it but like that to me is the only thing that makes it okay because it's like okay like i know that morden has like some religious beliefs and Mm. so like i don't mind that we're like placing some of that on him but it is a little bit (laughs) it's a little bit weird to be like we believe in an afterlife (laughs) hello this is i'm john mass effect and canonically there is an afterlife (laughs) exactly yeah yeah, it feels a little bit like (laughs) hold on in this game where like i get to choose who my character is and like you know there's all different kinds of like 
cultures and whatever the yeah. idea that we're just like all assuming that like we come from this like this uh, uh, perspective that there is an there is a heaven yeah. is like very it, it really takes me out of it it, it, it did me too but, like i feel like if we were to do that with any character it would be like thane someone who's like profoundly right. connected to his faith and like all that I, I don't know it just feels it just felt like out of place I, setting it in the context of that conversation you have with yeah. Warden in the last game makes sense it but helps it's like, harmonize it for me it, it but does, it but, is very much me like inserting that right because <laughs> like we don't better. the only stuff we talk to Morden about this time is like oh what are you going to do like when this is over and not like what are you going to mm-hmm. do if you make it you know what I mean like it's it's yeah it's it's interesting like i feel like maybe there's a way that it could be injected into that conversation you have with him about like counting the seashells and stuff but mm-hmm. i don't know anyway so there's a heaven congratulations <laughs> uh, eve and rex are there and we're like hey the genophage is cured uh thanks <laughs> do you have specifics here i was like i was a yeah. total mess and i was like unable yeah, to really sure. pay attention um i i do i do want to shout out like this this conversation happens back at the hollows and mm. so like it it starts off with rex sort of reminiscing about like like this is where my father betrayed <laughs> right, me that right, whole conversation right. you had in mass effect one um and like i had to kill him mm. um he says that's what the genophage reduced us to animals you changed that today shepherd mm. And when you talk about Morden, um, Rex says, well, name one of the kids after him. Maybe a girl. <laughs> stupid. Um, and so then stupid. finally, uh, Rex is like, OK, you like this is what what we asked for. And so the Krogan will will head off to Palavin immediately. And the very end of this, Eve reveals her name. Yeah. To you. She says, know that Erdnot Bakara calls you a friend. Woo. Yeah. OK okay let's talk about how things could have gone differently please please so like i mentioned if if rex dies in mass effect one you have reeve who is this like kind of frightening figure to be like the the leader of the krogan and if eve also dies you you know there is like no stabilizing force basically Mm. um and so that unlocks additional dialogue options where if you are taking the renegade approach and trying to sabotage the genophage sure um you are ironically able to save morden or wicks paddock wicks if um if morden is dead he would Mm -hmm. be in this position you may be able to convince them to walk away because if there's like if there's no you know like there there is and it has to be if both of them are dead Mm -hmm. you can convince them like listen we can't cure the genophage it's going to be too whatever and you can convince them to walk away that's the only way that you can get them to live whoa um otherwise they will sacrifice themselves to cure the genophage jesus christ or if you want to go the real renegade route (laughs) okay shep oh you know what i'm not even gonna I'm just going to send you this link okay. um, to how this scene goes. If you decide you want to sabotage the genophage cure and uh, you cannot or choose not to just convince them, them being uh, the your Solarian doctor, <laughs> yes. whoever that may be, uh, to walk away. Okay. It's too dangerous, Morton. We need to get out of here. No, temperature variants could destroy cure. Time running out. Have to go up. Morton. You're not going up. Not concerned for my safety. Concerned I might discover something. Sabotage? But whose? Ah. Why, Shepard? That desperate for Solarian aid? Or that afraid of Krogan? 
Every time we've talked about this before, you've defended the genophage. Hell, you destroyed Malin's data. How can you change your mind now? I made a mistake! I made a mistake. Focused on big picture. Big picture made of little pictures. Too many variables. Can't hide behind statistics. Can't ignore new data. My responsibility. Need to go. Running out of time. Morton. Walk away. Can't do that, Shepard. I don't have a choice here. Walk away, or I will fire. Not your decision. Not your work. Not your cure. Had to be me. Someone else might have gotten it wrong. No time to argue. Cure dispersal imminent. Must counteract sabotage. Stop me if you must. Damn, dude. That is, to me, the only explicit acknowledgement in any part of the game by Morden that the genophage was a mistake. And I think it's fascinating that you only get it if you are now the like proponent of the genophage. Yeah. Um, it's there's sort of like a cruel irony to it where like I think the players who would most like to to see that admission from Morden will probably never mm. get that scene. <laughs> really fucked up. I have only ever seen it on uh <laughs> Yeah on youtube because i i could never do it myself yeah it is um it's it's really interesting because i feel like you know especially in like mass effect one like the renegade choices are like the i'm evil i'm doing the evil thing mm -hmm. um and in this it's like i'm just trying to get as much support against the reapers as i can and it would be dangerous to allow the krogan to continue whatever um mm -hmm. and so like after shepherd does that like walking away they like throw their pistol to the ground and like storm yeah. off because it's it's man it's it's because it's, it's it's like it's not even a choice they wanted to make it's something they felt like they had to make you know um mm -hmm. that's just it's that's heavy that's a lot it's really yeah Oof. man yeah, um, I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah. <laughs> just as like, there are so many different ways that this could go, both based on decisions that you've made in the past and also the decisions that you make in the moment. Mm -hmm. And to me, the the best we we got the best ending that I could imagine for for this and for yeah. Morton. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, like if you drew like a um. I don't know, like a what's it called, like a decision tree or mm. like a a flow chart of like the different ways that this could end up. Obviously, like the ultimate outcomes aren't all terribly different, mm -hmm. but it's it's just very cool to see the end of of this this storyline, this genophage storyline and how your different decisions all the way back to Mass Effect one. Yeah can shape its outcome it's it's just really really well done really well done great stuff uh good job bioware great job team yeah uh so we got our ending uh yeah. and we continue back the correct ending the correct ending um and we we head back to the normandy to yak it with hackett oh yeah yak it with hackett 
and he says that hey great job the krogan are on their way to palavin um to to help the Turians, and the Turians will uh send people to help us which is great mm-hmm. uh and that's it <laughs> we have lost the support of the solarians oh well yeah okay he, he's yeah 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 he says the dalatras is like really upset and has not sent people to uh help uh cool yeah, so we we leave with Hackett, and then there's a, a a conversation we have with um Victus that's like, thank you for doing what you said you were going to do. Uh, we will do our best to help uh humanity as soon as we get everything situated on Palavin, and so that's great. That's settled, wonderful. And then we are just in the like the war assets area or whatever, and Garrus is like, hey how you doing when was the last time you like slept and you're like uh i'll sleep when i'm dead uh he's like maybe (laughs) you should sleep like now uh probably a better decision uh and it's it's really interesting kind of reversal here of of like when you've talked to garris in the past and you've kind of been looking out for him uh he Mm -hmm. is now looking out for you uh and is saying like just go take a nap if something goes wrong i promise i'll wake you up and we will let you know we'll figure it out but it it'll mm-hmm. be fine and i i wrote uh in my notes here i'm in love with this man platonically <laughs> <laughs> it's just like such a great character moment i, I love it a mm-hmm. whole lot um I yeah the moments that you get with like shep with with garris and liara in these like downtime moments yeah. are really nice again another really great reflection of like the history that they have and the development of the relationships yeah uh and so then we do go to sleep and that can only mean one thing spooky dream time spooky dream hooray uh so we wake up in the spooky dream like we did at the beginning of the game uh it's basically the same thing you're running but you're running really slow uh and you're seeing this kid and i don't remember i don't think this happened in the first one uh but in this one there is just like audio of people uh mm-hmm. who have died dead. um mm-hmm. so there's Who'd you get i got kelly chambers and caden uh and then there was another one that i didn't recognize of like oh <laughs> uh, what i know who it is it's kelly chambers caden yeah. i also got yeah. and also there's like reaper bois everyone's yes. and um diana allers diana allers <laughs> Yes. If you didn't invite her onto the Normandy, she goes on another ship, the SSV Shasta, and a news report on the Citadel will later announce the Shasta was destroyed in the Horsehead Nebula, killing everyone on board, Holy including shit. Diana. I did not realize this. <laughs> so I hear her voice. I was like, did she die? <laughs> and like the line, like the lines for, for the other ones, it's like Kelly, like introducing mm. herself to you. Caden's it's, final moment. Yeah. Oh my God. And then with Diane, it's just like wars can be won or lost in the editing room. And this war needs to be won. It's like not, Whoa. it's not a touching line because like there are no touching lines with her. Yeah. It's just so weird. It really sticks out. No, I had one that was um, like um, uh, talking about like dents or scratches in their armor or something. And I like, I see it as character and I couldn't, remember who that, that was Caden that was Caden also okay that's Caden okay. yeah all right I thought so anyway I probably I don't know but the other two were just like very explicit like hi I'm Kelly Chambers mm-hmm. um and then Caden being like no it's the right choice like leave me behind take ash fucking horrible um i the the reaper wands are like really great because they show up when you find the kid um and it it, it like works perfectly with the kind of like 
ambient music that is playing in this dream mm-hmm. just like throughout and then you find the kid and there's like a red light that shines on him and the reaper bois um mm-hmm. it's just wild um so that happens and then you f- you get to the kid and the kid is on fire and then you the fire goes out and then you wake up from your dream and that's how the last one ended too right mm-hmm. okay so you wake up and liara comes in i don't actually i don't know is this like a regular scene uh for everyone it's, yeah okay. it's liara yeah liara comes in you're uh, not the only one who's close to liara I just, I just don't know okay i don't know if it changes <laughs> or whatever um so she she comes in and is like hey how you doing you're like i'm pretty bad <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and she's like okay um she asks how you're doing mm-hmm. and you can say that you're thinking of who you've lost Absolutely. and she asks if there's anyone in particular and your choices are the renegade choices i'll let them rest the paragon choices i miss caden yeah <laughs> um, yeah uh and i obviously chose the former um mm-hmm. And you just sort of talk about like, you know, he sacrificed himself to like stop so we could stop Sovereign. But now I I worry that he would think his sacrifice was in vain. And Liara says, you know, Caden would never think that. And Shep says, yeah, one more reason I miss him. Yeah, it's really sweet. Really, really sweet. Brutal. Um, And so then finally here we get a call from the Salarian counselor uh, from the Citadel uh, who is like, hey, it's going to be really hard to justify curing the genophage, but I will try, I guess. And then uh, says that she's worried about Udina's illegal activities uh, and that we should talk about it on the Citadel the next time we are there. Uh, so got to go do that, I guess, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. But that'll be next week. Yeah. Wow, man. Wow. These are some mm-hmm. good missions. This game fucks so hard. This game is really good, and I think people should play it. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 really incredible. I think um like uh, we've set the stakes with like the grunt mission for for us just in the order we did stuff, but like uh, of like the fake out of grunt's death and stuff, and like sacrifice is going to have to be a thing, and people are going to die, and people are going to lose their lives and whatnot, and. I think the one two chonka punch of these missions, uh, thank you, um, is just like really nuts um, in a mm-hmm. in a good way, and and it's it's just it's just great, and I, I look forward to what the rest of this game holds. Yeah, so that's how I feel. <laughs> good video game. Good video game. I'm yeah, I'm really excited to play more with you and <laughs> see your reactions to things yeah uh i'm also excited to react to stuff i love reacting um <laughs> so next week we will be doing um i'm not 100 ex- percent sure the order if you if you think him there should be an order to these tell me um but we're going to be doing the grissom academy I'm- mission Oh, I'm going to let you make that decision. Uh, Okay, we're going to be doing the Grissom Academy mission and a bunch of stuff on the Citadel because we've been gathering like, hey, come talk to me on the Citadel stuff for a long time. So that'll probably be the entire episode next week. Uh, If there's anything additional, we will tweet or tumble about it. Um, I don't think that there will be. That's going to be plenty. Okay, Uh, great. So uh, if you want to follow us on the internet, uh, we're at twitter.com slash asyncpod. We're also asyncpod.tumblr.com. If you'd like to join the Worst Garbage Network Discord, uh, that link is at the bottom of our show notes above the chapter markers. Thank you very much to Scout Wilkinson for making our wonderful art. Uh, It's great. 
Also, thank you to Amaranthin for writing our wonderful intro and outro music uh, and all the music we use on the show. Uh, if you would like to follow me online, I'm on Twitter at AJ Flary. I'm on Tumblr at not AJ Flary, and I'm on Mastodon at the Aether dot split. No shit. The Aether dot space slash AJ. That's it. Slash AJ. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Kim, where can people find you online? Jesus Christ. I'm Okimmy's on Twitter and Tumblr, and I will make a mastodon at some point. You don't have to. It's, I don't use it. Um, so no. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like, like I said last time, if you want to like uh, talk to me or let me know your thoughts on anything, uh, the Discord is honestly the best place to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So hop on over to the Worst Garbage Discord uh, and let me know your thoughts on stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening so much. Tell a friend, rate and review us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Kim. What are our final words today? Um, I don't know how to set this one up. I'm just going to say it. Would have liked to run tests on the seashells. See you next week, everybody. Goodbye. TWG, the worst garbage, the online.